My name is Tom Short. This is Tuesday morning, June 8th. I'm so glad to have you along. So happy that so many of you come back day after day after day, and you're getting into the Word of God, and we're learning how to answer questions. We're learning how to be stronger. We're learning to be, we're getting that daily dose of encouragement. As it says of the early church in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they were devoted, devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. We want to be people who are devoted to learning the Word of God and it being taught day by day. So glad you're with me. Oh, happy day. This is the day the Lord has made, but oh, happy day when Jesus washed our sins away. If you don't know that song, you might check it on YouTube. It's a lot of fun to listen to that one and to be reminded of the day that Jesus washed our sins away. Amen? Amen. We've been going through this, how to answer objections to our faith with what I'm just calling the FFDPQ method. I'm going to come up with a better title sooner or later. But uh, but to, but as we've been looking at this, how to not just have an argument with someone or put up a, a wall of disagreement, but how to win them, how to open up closed minds, how to persuade people who might not otherwise even give us the time of day. And so I'm, hand, I'm addressing some of the objections that I regularly hear on campus. And this one that I hear that I'm addressing today really is a common one. And that is the person who says, I can never believe in a God who would send people to hell. It comes in many, many different ways. Some people even ask me, Tom, would you punish your son forever? And, um, and, and, you know, if I say no, they say, well, see, you're nicer than God. You're more merciful. You're, you're kinder than God. What a twisted, twisted idea to think anyone's kinder than God because, of course, God sent his only son to die for us, to bear the cross for us. I may have wished I would have done that. I may have said I would have done it. I may have even pledged I would did it. But who knows? Jesus actually did. He never turned back from giving his life for us. And for this, we're grateful. So what would you say to the person who says, I can never believe in a God who would send someone to hell? Well, using our FFDPQ method, we'd say this. I can see why you feel that way. You know, others have felt that way too until they discovered and thought about the only three options God would have when faced with evil on the judgment day. I'm curious which of those three options you might take or you might prefer. Now, this puts it back on him because he's going to obviously say he doesn't know what the three options are. And so if, there, if there's any openness at all or any willingness to have conversation, he's going to ask you what those three options are. Well, here are the three options God has on Judgment Day when he encounters anyone who's actually done evil. Number one, he can ignore it. Number two, he can rejoice in it. Or number three, he can judge and punish it. I often ask a person, have you ever been a victim of a violent crime? Few have, believe it or not. A lot, a lot of people have not. And I myself wasn't a victim of violent crime till I was probably into, in my 40s. And, uh, and when it happens, there is this deep sense of justice, this deep sense that something needs to be done about it, that, that what, this violation, this violation of me, or, or of someone you love, it must be addressed. 
And so, you know, so many students have not been a victim of violent crime. And so I'll say, you know, imagine, I'll ask this question. Do you know anyone who's been the victim of a sexual assault? And many of them have. Many of them know someone. And so I say, okay, well, just picture that person for a moment, the pain they went through, the anguish, the hurt they had. And imagine if the perpetrator of the crime was caught, taken to court, and, and found guilty of the crime. And suppose the judge could have had one of three options. Suppose he could have said, oh, boys will be boys. Everybody does things. You know, she probably wanted it anyway. She was she, she's probably pretty good looking or whatever. So, you know, we're just going to ignore it and let it go, okay? Just, you know, don't be nice. Don't do it again, all right? What would you think of a judge who talked like that? What do you think of a judge who was just indifferent to the, 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 the harm that was caused to someone, the evil that this perpetrator had done? He just ignored it and, 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 and turned a blind eye like it's no big deal. Certainly, you would have no respect for that judge. He wouldn't be a, God of, uh, a judge of justice. Suppose the judge did something even worse. Suppose he said, wow, that's interesting. You know, I've always kind of fantasized about doing that exactly what you did. I'm curious. What was it like? How, how do, you know, tell me, share it with me. I'm curious. And he let the guy go because in reality, he was rejoicing in this evil. What would you think of that judge? Total Total uh, indifference towards, not only indifference towards moral depravity, but celebration, rejoicing in it, and finding delight in, in, in evil. Certainly that judge would not be qualified to sit on the bench. And by the way, if God were like either of those two, it would certainly be difficult to worship a God like that. Either one who was indifferent or celebrated depravity, evil, and the harm done to others. And then there's a third option. That judge could say to the the perpetrator of the crime, what you did was wrong. It's a crime. You violated another person. You've got to be punished as the law demands. And and justice must be done. That's the type judge we would respect. That's the type judge that would bring justice. And that's the type God we worship. A God who does indeed fulfill justice. As it says in Genesis, shall not the God of the whole earth judge rightly. Of course, there's a third option, or excuse me, a fourth option that our God has offered, and that is once a person accepts and and understands the significance of these first three options. No, we don't want a God who ignores evil. We don't want a God who, who rejoices in evil. We want a God who judges evil. But the third or the fourth option is, well, then what about us? Of course, the people who make these claims never think of themselves as evil. They think, well, I made some mistakes or I'm not perfect. But they don't think of themselves as evil. And in reality, if God's standard is the Ten Commandments, if God judges us based on have we fallen short of the glory of God, have we sinned? And indeed, while some sins are worse than others, you know, all sins disqualify us. All sins separate us from God. All sins are wrong. All sins must be punished. <clears throat> then it leads to the fourth option. Say, so, well, what about us? What about us on Judgment Day? How are we, how we going to do? How are you going to stand? 
Will you be, I mean, you can sit here and deny there's a hell. You can say you don't want to believe in a God who, who will send someone to hell. doesn't change the reality that that God does exist and that God does judge. And his judgment is, is horrifying. But we can escape it because the good news is, this fourth option, that, that Jesus himself took the punishment upon himself. That upon the cross, Jesus took the punishment that you and I deserve. He hung on that cross, innocent, but he took our sins upon himself. He hung on that cross, owing no debt, but he paid our debt. We owed a debt we could not pay, and he paid a debt he did not owe. He was on the cross with our sins, bearing our punishment for our good. That's the fourth option. God's mercy does triumph over judgment. God does desire to send someone to hell. He doesn't rejoice in that. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the, the wicked would repent, they turn, they would receive his salvation, they would receive his mercy. This is what God wants. This is what we want to offer that person who makes objection. You know, quickly, I must also add, though, that sometimes the, the question is, it's deeper than just should God judge or punish evil. They, uh, you know, some would say it's too severe. Hell is too severe. Well, you know, that's up to God to judge, not us. You know, when a criminal is convicted in a court, he usually thinks the sentence is too severe, but it's up to the judge to decide, not the convict. And likewise, when God decides what is the appropriate justice and judgment for our sin, that's his decision. We don't get to, we don't get to write out what, what it ought to be. Some might say, well, it's not right to have eternal punishment for temporary sin. Well, Simple answers to that. Number one, the, the, the number of sins you commit or the time it takes you to com commit it doesn't, does not affect how long it takes, how long the punishment. Here on earth, you can spend one minute to kill a person and have to go to jail the rest of your life. It's the same thing. It, it, we, we, aren't, we aren't judged here or in eternity based on how long it took us to commit a sin. But the reality is, People live their whole life in rebellion to God. They spend an eternity in, in, in the consequence of it. And the heir of this person who would say that temporary or eternal punishment doesn't, isn't justified, temporary sin does not justify eternal punishment, assumes that when a person's in hell throughout eternity that they repent, never stop, they never sin again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that, you know, when you're in hell, there's going to be, it's an evil place. You're going to be filled with hatred, bitterness, Lust, greed, anger, all the, all the sin, you're going to be consumed with sin in hell. This is part of the, what's wrong with it. You'll be consumed with sin. All the goodness will be gone. Hell's not going to be a place where people love one another and are righteous and really get reformed. Are you kidding me? The Holy Spirit won't be there. The, the, the devil will be ruling. The devil will be in charge. I don't think he'll be ruling. He'll, he'll just be the, the greatest tyrant there. It's going to be a bad, bad place. And then finally, if I could point out, some people ask, could there be other options? Well, maybe. You know, there are, there are good Christians who believe in, shall we say, annihilation, that we just, you know, when you die, you just, it's over. And you're judged, and you're cast in the lake of fire, consumed, and it's over. There are people who believe that, good Christians who believe that. Maybe so, but that's still a terrible, terrible thing. You are made to live forever. And the thought that you wouldn't, that you would perish forever, 
That's not a good, that's not a happy thing. Now, maybe if, if your life is miserable, you might feel that way. But in reality, that violates who you are at the deepest core of your human being. You are an eternal, you're created for eternity. Others might believe there would be a chance to repent later on, uh, you know, throughout the, the period of your judgment. I don't know, maybe. I don't see that in the scripture. I don't believe that. I know some decent Christians who do believe that. Whatever the case, judgment's going to be a terrible thing. Hell's going to be a bad, bad place. Whether it lasts for all of eternity, whether it's real fire, whether you know all these questions that people ask, it's just going to be a terrible place. Never minimize it. I mean, if it's not fire and it's just outer darkness forever, does that make it any better? Have you ever been in outer darkness? It's terrifying. Terrifying to be where you can't even see your hand in front of you and can imagine living forever in outer darkness. I mean, there's so many descriptions of hell that are terrifying. And indeed, we don't want anyone to go there. We don't want to go there. And thank the Lord, oh, happy day, that Jesus washed all my sins away. And this is the good news, folks. And we have it. And by the way, you know, as a, as a, a lot of preachers don't want to preach about hell. No one likes to think about it. I don't like to think about hell. It's a difficult subject to talk about. It's a difficult subject to think about. It really is terrifying. But not thinking about it doesn't make it go away. Living in denial doesn't make it not happen. A person saying they won't believe in a God who sends people to hell doesn't mean there isn't one. Indeed, the solution is deal with reality and escape it. Escape it through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is our message to others as well. Don't hesitate to talk about hell. Don't let people mock you away from it. Don't let people scare you away from talking about it. The reality is God has put the fear of hell in people's lives. It is a bad, bad place. They may deny it. They may say they don't believe it. Trust me. Down deep, the Spirit of God is convicting them of this future if they don't repent and come to Jesus. And so this is what this is part of what our message is. Flee the wrath that God come. Prepare to meet your Maker. Amen. What good news we have that this is this does not need to be anyone's future. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you that you so loved the world, you sent your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We thank you that those who hear your word and believe in him who sent Jesus, those who hear your words, Jesus, and believe in your father who sent you shall not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. We thank you that we, because of Christ, because of the atonement, because of the, of your full payment for our sins, because it is finished when you died on that cross that we are washed clean, we are forgiven, we are made new, we're new creatures, we've been declared righteous, justified, holy, and as a result, we have, we have a glorious future. Oh, Father, we, we are not only so grateful for heaven and all the blessings that await us, every spiritual blessing in Christ, but Father, we are also grateful for what we've been delivered from. We confess we don't even like to think about hell, Lord. We don't like to think about eternal judgment. It's a scary thing. It's a horrifying thing. It, 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 it would haunt us. We don't like to think of it, Lord, but we thank you that you've delivered us from it. 
Father, I pray that we would have compassion, realism, an understanding of, of others that we care about and that eternal destiny. And, and Lord, again, for us, it can be overwhelming. But I pray it would be motivating that we might share your truth and a way of escape. Says Hebrews, it says, how shall you escape if you neglect such a great salvation? Help us, Lord, to share this great salvation. And how we pray that people we encounter and people we talk to and people we engage with would not neglect such a great salvation, but rather would embrace a great, great, great Savior. Jesus, we thank you. You are able to save and save completely all those who come to you. Thank you. We don't have a partial salvation. You didn't just die for some of our sins. You washed them all away, buried them in the deepest sea, and they'll never be found again. Thank you. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Today, Lord, help us to walk in this awareness of our victory, our freedom, our cleansing. I pray that none of us, Lord, would be weighed down with guilt, the accusations of the enemy, regrets. Lord, you've taken away our sin. You've given us a new path. I pray, Lord, from every day. I pray this, O Lord, for me and for every one of us. Every day be a bright day. The path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter until the full day. Help us to see we have a bright future, not only in, in eternity, but we believe we have a bright future here on earth. You'll walk with us. You'll fill us with your spirit. You'll let us rise above and be victorious, triumphant in every situation. That's just what we pray for. We pray, Lord, we'd have faith for this. We pray we'd believe your word. We'd be triumphant believers today. We pray this and bless you. And we thank you. And we pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, folks, so thanks for being with me. Hey, again, I, I welcomed all those who come here day by day. But if you are new, welcome. I hope you will subscribe, hit the notify button, tell your friends, share, leave a comment so I know where you're from. And I always like to know who's here. And, uh, and again, tell your friends, let's, let's uh, grow our congregation here. Let's grow our fellowship, this online group of people as we get in the Word every day. I'll say it again. I've said it before. But you come here day after day. All right? You come here day after day. Week after week, month after month, your life's going to change. Your attitudes will change. Your outlook will change. Your faith will grow. Your, your attitudes will be better. You'll be a more victorious, triumphant Christian. I know it. I believe it. I believe God's Word will do that in you. And so join us day after day. Make sure you're here. Put forth the time. Make the commitment. God will see. and God will reward you. I, try, I pray for this. All right? You have a great day, and God bless you, and we'll be seeing you again tomorrow morning as we continue on our FFDPQ method of how to handle objections. Bye-bye, and have a great day.